Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome one, welcome all. It is spring slash winter. It's definitely not fall. I'm R. Joe Choa. He's Pete Sweeney. Once again, we are missing the incomparable, the debonair, the truly handsome Michael Kiss. But here we are, Monday Football Monday, the greatest show on the SB Nation NFL show. Make sure you subscribe to our wonderful podcast, the SB Nation NFL show. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Leave a rating, write a review, those things are very much appreciated. Pete Sweeney, how are you doing this fantastic Monday? Um, I imagine you're doing well with all of the ratings and reviews that we are getting on MFM. I love all the ratings and reviews. Please, if you haven't done it, do so. We appreciate all of that. I'm great. It is speculation season in the NFL. There's really no concrete news right now. So any kind of take you want to make is fair game. And we're seeing them come through. I can't wait to get into some of that today. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is peak off season right before free agency. And then once free agency hits, it'll switch to draft coverage and, and whatnot. But here we are. Pete, um, I got to be honest with you. It's nice to see you. You know, last week yeah. uh, we talked about it here on the show. We put this thing together with twigs and sticks and glue and duct tape, right. the the blue painters tape. I mean, it was it was a really impressive feat. Um, you were a trooper. Thankfully, yeah. Uh, yeah, the power situation has been rectified. And so um, I, I don't know if I told you this, but. I got my first real professional haircut since quarantine last week. You look Be- good. Because yeah. I, I knew that you and I were going to be doing it face-to-face uh, face again. Right. Yeah. I actually got a haircut recently, too, and I'm you trying something good. new. I'm going going a little shorter on the sides, a little longer on the top. They say that that is the new style, but great to see you. I know the power grid thing had been an issue in Texas. I got to say, Texas is a little cocky. We're going to go on our own <laughs> power grid. And you have this crazy weather thing, and all of a sudden you're in trouble. But hey, look, you're through it now, which is good to see. Good to see you live and in the flush. That's right. Okay, so um, tomorrow, Pete, February 23rd, marks the opening of the franchise tag window. Teams can begin placing the tag. They have until March 9th to do so. We are in the 11th hour, which is a saying I actually really hate, by the way, um, <laughs> because it's the 12th hour. You know, what I mean? like it's it's sure. not the it's just it's the hour following 11 on the clock, but it, it is the 12th hour of that cycle. Um, right. Now, there are three types of tags. Pete, Do you know them off the top of your head? This is pop quiz time here on the SB Nation NFL show. Yeah, you have the regular franchise tag. Well, I'm talking the, the derivations of it. So, yeah, you've got that. But it, we're looking for a, a specific piece of jargon here. Uh, the if, transition if gonna, tag. That's Right. One, we're one way there. Exclusive rights. Okay. Tag. All right. Take it home. In exclusive rights. Um, well, you have an exclusive, and so I'll go ahead and give it to you. You have exclusive, non-exclusive. There and it is. Transi- uh, the transition. Just another way to put it. Yeah. Right. So the exclusive is the creme de la creme. It is the mm. get the f away from this dude. You mm-hmm. can have mm. nothing to do with him. By the way, 
if anybody listening, if you forget, you can Google what is the franchise, uh, franchise tag SB Nation, and we have a nice evergreen sort of article there that will always explain it to you. But uh, the exclusive tag, Pete Sweeney, locks a player into his team. Nobody can negotiate him with, ex- uh, you know, negotiate with him. If I can get my words out of, I'm starting you, to drink my coffee. Yeah, you get nothing, you lose. Good day, sir. For those of you who get that right. The non-exclusive tag, Pete Sweeney, is where the player in question. Uh, I feel like we're drawing a contract, right? Like the player uh, is allowed to negotiate with other teams. And so they can find an offer, you know, hey, Pete Sweeney, I'm a free agent. You want to hook up? You know, we can figure this out. If you offer me something, the only catch is my team that has placed the non-exclusive tag on me has the right to match it. Now, if my team does not match it and you give me the contract that we agreed to, you also have to give two first round picks to the team that I am moving on from. So um, this is an interesting one. We really don't see this uh, carried out a whole lot in the NFL. Yeah. And and this is the beginning, I think, of the season in which I have some unpopular takes. Like, I don't really like first round picks. I think they're overvalued across the board. Mm-hmm. If you're able to get a player, go and get that player. And even if you have to succumb these two first round picks, that's okay. Not every first rounder is going to be a hit. There's sometimes it's 10 first rounders that work out in the NFL. And so I'm big on if you know what you're getting, go and get it. And that comes into play with the franchise tags as well. Uh, it does. Pete Sweeney, the only man that hates first round picks. Finally, the transition tag, <laughs> um, just for the purposes of clarifying, uh, is similar to the non-exclusive tag, um, except in you know the franchise tag, each player that gets the tag gets paid an average of the top five salaries at his uh, respective position. The transition tag opens that up to the top 10, so a little bit less cachet. Um, and the other thing is if you know, you tag me and I move on and I agree to terms and I do ultimately sign that contract, you get nothing. It's just kind of a temporary placeholder of sorts. I, I would say, honestly, that's probably the most popular one. That is the true, we need a little bit more time to figure things out. You know, we don't, we're not totally certain if we want you to hit free agency. So um, we're just going to stall and, and kind of drag our feet a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting how GMs will operate when it's time for franchise tags because. I think so often you get these press conferences and you get these interviews. Sometimes they'll appear on Good Morning Football or ESPN or whatnot. And they're going to say what exactly they're going to say what they say. These NFL GMs when it's tag season, you really start to identify, Okay, what does the organization actually think about these players? Because it's there in writing and it's involving money. And as they say, RJ, in anything, what follow the money? That's right. So there is one candidate to receive a tag this offseason, Pete, and um, I know that painfully well. I'm sure we'll get into that here in a little bit. I do want to run through the players that were tagged last year just quickly, um, just to kind of show, you know, hey, you know how things go. Now, these are players that originally received the tag. Some, as you certainly well know, with Chris Jones, ultimately got long-term deals with the teams because the other deadline associated with the franchise tag is July 15th. Any player who is tagged, they get to March 9th, you know, the team ultimately ends up doing it. There's no long-term deal. That long-term deal has to be done by July 15th if the player is going to sign it and have it be a factor in the season in which they were tagged. If it is not, the player must play out the season on the franchise tag and cannot negotiate until the following February. That's the position Dak Prescott is currently in. That's the position that Le'Veon Bell chose to kind of take to the next level a few years ago. That feels like so long ago, but um, shout out to Le'Veon Bell, one of the members of the Kansas City Chiefs as well, just like Chris Jones. Mm -hmm. Anyway, (laughs) AFC... Current AFC champion probably won't be, almost definitely won't be with the Chiefs next year. So we'll see where where Le'Veon Bell goes this offseason. 
Players tagged last year. Another running back. Arizona Cardinals runner Kenyon Drake. Pittsburgh Steelers edge rusher Bud Dupree. Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver A.J. Green. He seems like somebody who will be moving on to, no pun intended here, greener pastures. Minnesota Vikings safety Anthony Harris. Tennessee Titans running back Derrick Henry, who also got a long-term deal with his team just before the deadline. Los Angeles Chargers tight end Hunter Henry, perhaps the best tight end in the AFC West, Pete. Uh, Chris Jones, of course, as mentioned. Matt Judon, the edge rusher from Baltimore. Yannick Ngakwe, a very, very, very... Um, interesting situation that unfolded there, obviously, with the trade then uh, moving around a couple of times. Brandon Scherf, the guard from Washington. Uh, Justin Simmons, the Broncos safety. Again, one of the best players in the AFC West. Nobody in Kansas City really qualifies. Joe Thune, the guard from New England. Leonard Williams, the defensive tackle from the New York Giants, no longer Jets. And of course, Pete Sweeney, Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott. Yeah, and I think with the franchise tag, it is always this bittersweet feeling with the player because you make a lot of money on the franchise tag, but it also prevents you from really locking up what would be your future. And so like I, I saw with Chris Jones, they had to do it again last year when they really couldn't figure it out. And and Jones at one point said, I've talked to Le'Veon Bell. Maybe I'll do what he does. And it got a little bit dicey there and, and the negotiations were tough. And then out of nowhere, a long-term deal came through and they were able to figure it out. So that can happen. And I think what is also important to remember here is in recent years, and I know this well because it did happen in Kansas City twice with D Ford and Frank Clark, and it almost felt like it was going to happen with Chris Jones, where it's become more popular, I think, to tag a player and then to trade his rights or shop his rights. And I feel like that's more of a recent development. So that's always in the cards as well. I, I joke with you, RJ, a lot about the tag and trade that's going to happen with Dak with uh, Dak Prescott to the Houston Texans, a little Texas for Texas trade. So the lone um, hill to climb in that you know hypothetical and where Dak Prescott has an enormous amount of leverage over the Dallas Cowboys, I suppose that's that's what we're here to do is have the Dak talk, right? Um, that's that's why I lived all these ways, <laughs> um, is, is that Dak would have to sign the tag, right? Like ultimately, right. He, and, and, and he can say, I, I will not. You know, a lot of uh people pete i'm sure you've seen i did a video over on the blog and the boys youtube channel a lot of our shows at btb talked about it as well uh stats and i talked about in the look ahead a lot of people have connected russell wilson to the cowboys and so you know as you can imagine yeah so the, well the twitter no, talk it, is trade deck to the seahawks that it wouldn't be that cut and dry yeah and that that's part of the trade too and and that's a good job by you to to mention that so if a team does want to trade the player that is franchise tagged the agent has to agree probably to a long-term deal with the new team, which you see will sometimes happen. That's exactly what happened with Frank Clark coming to the Chiefs, where they were able to come up with a long-term deal. He signed the franchise tag. He was moved. They signed the new deal, yada, yada, away you go. And so, yes, that does come into play where the player really has to agree with where he's going as well. Right. So it would be very, very, very unlikely for Dak Prescott to sign uh, the tag, which would make moving on from him in that capacity very difficult for the Dallas Cowboys. I've said um, if the Cowboys wanted to move on from Dak by way of improving for Russell Wilson, hypothetically, um, I they, they would ultimately probably get nothing for Dak. They would have to simply take the tag off or not tag him altogether. 
and just let him hit free agency and get a third-round compensatory pick next year. Now, a key factor here uh, in the Dak Prescott conversation, Pete, is that when a player receives a franchise tag, it is important because it locks in a financial figure. They are going to be paid the top five or the average of the top five highest-paid players at their respective position. But it also locks in two other important figures. It locks in their figure for the following year and for two years after that. Uh, Dak Prescott was tagged in 2020, obviously, by the Dallas Cowboys, locked his franchise tag value in at 31.4 million dollars so if a player is tagged for a second year in a row Kirk Cousins very publicly chronicled this they receive 120 percent of the previous year's salary cap number and if there is a third tag in a row a player's salary cap increases 144 percent over the previous year's salary so again once a player gets that initial tag you can do the math on this and so that's where Dak is in a really interesting position let's let's acknowledge right away especially because you are Pete Sweeney that Patrick Mahomes is is an outlier, right? We're talking about the sure. rest of the world here. And so that, right, right. that that being said, Dak Prescott deserves market rate, deserves whatever, you know, whatever that ultimately ends up being. He deserves market rate in in a associated, you know, or an average, you know, annual value standpoint. He deserves market rate in terms of guaranteed money. He deserves market rate in terms of, you know, everything involved here and so that is something the Cowboys have refused to kind of bend on uh when Jared Goff and Carson Wentz got their contract extensions uh, two years ago now granted those things did not necessarily work out they were both of the four-year variety Dak Prescott was offered a five-year deal by the Dallas Cowboys last year doesn't want that wants to be on the same pace as everybody so he can get another bite at the apple much quicker just like everybody else now the thing about this is last year Dak Prescott got paid 31.4 million dollars to play up through week uh, almost all the way through week five this year if they tag him the value is approximately we're rounding up here 38 million dollars next year it would be 54 million dollars approximately which is why you've likely heard loyal listener people say if the cowboys tag dak prescott this year and he plays it out he's gone next year because there's no way they can afford to pay him 54 million dollars next year at that point pete however fair or unfair his market rate is $54 million a year, as deemed so by the franchise tag. RJ, I got to ask you this then. What is the Cowboys' salary cap situation right now? How close are they to what would have been the mark? They have the 12th most salary cap space in the NFL at the moment. Okay. All, all of this information is per over the cap, uh, the fine folks right, 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 right. Now, they technically right now do not have the space to absorb Dak Prescott's franchise tag. And that's part of the reason that getting a long-term deal done makes sense. There are 5,000 reasons, but this is one of them, in in that you can spread the cap hit out over the life of the contract, so you don't have to absorb it all in the year of the franchise tag like the Cowboys so brilliantly did last year. Now, a lot of people, we'll get to this much later, spoiler alert, a lot of people have kind of seen some, some tea leaves with the Carolina Panthers releasing a couple of veterans and wondering if they're making room for one Deshaun Watson. Now, I wrote over the weekend at Blog and the Boys, if the Cowboys are, are truly, you know, going to get this done, and, and they do have mm. technically until, you know, July 15th, but we, we should start to see the releasing of different free agents, or not free agents, uh, veteran players. We've started to see that right. around the NFL, right? Different different cap adjustments being made, and we haven't Especially seen that Especially in the New Cowboys. Orleans, because they really needed to make room. There are teams that really need to make some space. Right, the Packers making space as well, and yep. so the Cowboys haven't done that. And there's no need to panic on that front yet if you're a Cowboys fan, but it's possible that if... if my point is, if we start seeing some different cuts this week, for example, that would, I, I, I hate to celebrate anybody getting cut or released, but that would seem to indicate that they are, you know, creating space for Dak Prescott. But here's the thing, Pete. Dak Prescott now is set to make $38 million this year on the franchise tag, if it comes to that. 
$54 million next season on the franchise right. tag if it comes to that. If you're Dak Prescott's agent, you do the math there. That's $92 million over the course of the next two years. It is fully 100% guaranteed. 92 divided by 2, I'll save you the math. That's $46 million a year. So right now, if you're arguing for Dak Prescott, his market rate is as so deemed by the franchise tag. That's what you're you're betting against right now. You're not betting against right. Russell Wilson's contract or anybody else. It's $46 million a year, and he's getting $92 million fully guaranteed over two years. So if you're Dak Prescott, why would you sign something worth $100 million guaranteed over five years? You know what I mean? Like, why would you surrender sure. three years for eight more million dollars total guaranteed? Yeah, you're right. And I think where this becomes even more interesting, like with Dak, is just the state of the world, right? Because the cap is not going up this year for teams. It's going to be 180 million floor. New reports this morning have said probably between 182 and 183. Mm -hmm. So if there was any year not to get into a pattern where you're giving a second franchise tag in a row and then potentially a third franchise tag in a row, it's this year when the salary cap is not going up because of all the coronavirus stuff. To, to that point, obviously, um, as far as our lives are concerned, and by our, I think I could speak for the world, which is mm -hmm. not something I say very often. You um, are, I mean, look, you, a lot of ways you're the king of the SB Nation NFL show and the king of the world. So go uh, ahead. You can. You can take that. You know, the impact of COVID, the initial waves of quarantining um, and social distancing really happened, you know, a couple of weeks before free agency last year, right? And remember, there was even the conversation about should the NFL go on with free agency? At the time, you right. know, we all thought maybe this would pass by in, in a month or two. Um, obviously, that's not the case. But the the conversation being had was, what will the optics of this be, right? With, with the yeah. financial impact that is happening to the world in much more serious capacities than football, what will it look like that these players are arguing over millions of dollars? And so you have that aspect and that element to this with Dak Prescott. But to your point, if there was ever a time to not get in the franchise tag business, <laughs> it would have been last year, right? And and yeah. not only did the Dallas Cowboys choose then to get into the franchise tag business, they chose then to get into the franchise tag business with the most expensive type of franchise tag that you can possibly have in the quarterback right. position with the most important player on your team, which was literally evidenced after he got hurt week in and week out. And so... Uh, it's it's diff it's difficult to understand. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I want to be very clear here. I'm I'm not always going to be on the side of defending, for example, billionaire owners because all right, they have to run their business. It's because well. you're a billionaire too. I get. It. I I wish <laughs> I wish that were the case. But here's the deal: these teams that are giving bad quarterbacks contracts are not helping the situation. Like with Goff and right. with Wentz, how you see those turn out. So now it just becomes this. Well, yes, those are examples, and of course. Dak is going to expect to make that as a basement. But at the same time, those were mistakes. Those are very clearly mistakes now looking back. So the organization comes back and says, well, we need to reset the market here again. You're, you're talking about Mahomes as his outlier. And it becomes very difficult to predict. And I know that Dak had an injury that you can fully recover from, uh, but he did get injured. He'll be coming right. off an injury. He did miss a year. At the same time, though, what Dak's people will say is, OK, but he was putting up Literally, I know people will say this sometimes, but this was literally, literally video game numbers. Right. I could go on Madden and not put up the numbers that Dak Prescott was putting up. We were a talented a Madden player, so let's, let's be clear. Exactly, right. <laughs> yeah. And and so thinking about all that, there are just so many 
layers to this on either side as to why not to give. And then on deck side, it's like, no, you have to give. And so which side is going to give first? Because again, as we have stated, even despite maybe it being a little bit higher the salary cap than we thought, you're not going to want to get into another franchise tag deal. I don't want it to sound like I think you're being cold, but I think some people think the injury aspect of this is cold. I think it's fair. Honestly, it, it, it mm-hmm. is a fair objective data point to, to that idea. A year ago, one of the hallmark attributes of Dak Prescott was that he had never missed a game due to injury. And the, right. the, the glass on that narrative has been broken, unfortunately. And so that's tough. You're right. I have said this for a long time. I don't think the Los Angeles Rams get enough credit for how much harm they have caused the NFL with their ridiculous contracts they've done a lot of creative things to get around them and, and build their team in spite of that but the yeah. Rams you know we you you don't feel as as, as anti-running backs as most of, of NFL Twitter does uh but you you know the argument right like running backs don't matter yes. and the Rams yeah. the Rams were the first team to bite on taking a running back in the first round in like 10 years right when they took Todd Gurley and they and they drafted a formerly injured one a notably injured one at that uh, Melvin Gordon went that same draft, by the way. Melvin Gordon now the best running back in the AFC West as well. Uh, but okay. so not, I mean, not only were the Rams the first team to bite on that, then they were the first team to pay their running back because they they paid Todd Gurley and they did so literally the moment that they could after his third season. They paid Jared Goff, and ultimately, while I'm sort of criticizing them for this, I I kind of applaud them for this because. If if those players had kept playing well, those maybe not the Todd Gurley. In fact, certainly not the Todd Gurley deal. But the Jared Goff deal would look like a bargain right now. And I applaud them in the sense that they believe let's give out whatever we need to give out right now, and we'll figure it out down the road. And they have. They continue to figure it out. And the loan cost is the only thing that you hate, which is first round picks. Yeah, well, you would have thought like owners had to have hated the idea that just because a quarterback was up, he was now making the most money. That was the case for a long time until recently with the Mahomes deal, which no one is going to make more than that. I even saw it. This is prior to the injury. And again, I understand it's always like referencing Chiefs things, but it's not what I know well. But when Alex Smith got his deal with Washington, it was just like a little bit lower than the market. And that sort of ended it there. Which makes this conversation, again, with Dak even more interesting because now there is starting to be this precedent of, no, it's not the latest quarterback. We're going to pay you your value. Well, what is your value? Nobody freaking knows what that is. And that's why there's been so much discussion that has now dated more than a year. Um, I have a few last things to add on Dak Prescott because he is the center of the NFL world, the most important quarterback in the NFL, obviously, Pete. And then we have some other players to talk about that we think might get tagged. And then we have a very interesting trade proposal surrounding another quarterback because the world truly does revolve around that position. We'll be back after a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more 
and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back. Pete Sweeney went and did his hair. He looks marvelous. Pete, that gel? Is that um, hairspray? Is that mousse? What do we got here? We're going with a little paste now <laughs> and a little tip for the gentlemen out there. Go and find yourself, if you have a beard, a good beard oil because oh. there, it can add a little bit of fragrance to it, right? You've been watching and Shark Tank? Getting one of yeah, those? Okay. It, it, it makes your beard nice and soft. It smells great. And then here's the ultra super tip. If you are an eligible bachelor or bachelorette, right, go and find yourself two colognes or fragrances, fragrances that you like that go good together, because once you get that mix going, it's very, very not repeatable. So you have a unique smell. You smell great. And that's what I've been working with lately. Pete Sweeney, the mad scientist. Um, you know what I think yes. it is for everybody listening at home? Pete, tw- Pete told me last week he started watching Peaky Blinders. So, I mean, that, <laughs> they're well-dressed on that show. Uh, mm. So you've, you've been inspired. I, I can see that. I'm a member of the Peaky Blinders. <laughs> um, okay. So that was an awful impersonation. Um, Pete, I don't know if you know this. I, I find this interesting. Um, do you know who represents Dak Prescott, by the way, off the top of your head? I don't know who. It is Todd France. Formerly Todd France, of, yep. Formerly of CAA, switched agencies um, before last season truly began. or It might have been right when the season began, but last year is the point. Now, it is important to note that Todd France represents Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott was not the only Todd France client to play the 2020 season out on the franchise tag. In fact, he was one of three clients of Todd France to play the season out on the franchise tag. Denver Broncos safety Justin Simmons, along with Pittsburgh Steelers edge rusher Bud Dupree. I, I just think that's an interesting common denominator, right? That, that one agent would have three different clients, and it kind of shows that, I mean, you're not going to get that dude to blink. You know what I mean? Yeah, and when you're dealing with the franchise tag, right? I mean, you're spelling clients, and that S is not an S. It's a it's a money symbol, and that's the <laughs> amount of money that you stand to make this offseason with all of these big contracts coming. And good for him to have all that, those connections. And and I, again, I mean, it's going to be a very lucrative upcoming weeks, couple upcoming weeks for him. Um, I have a question about Pete Sweeney, the person. When you write a dollar figure, like you're texting somebody or, or whatever, mm. do you put the dollar sure. sign before the number or after the number? Oh, before, before. But you know uh, how unless, some people do it after, right? Well, yeah. I mean, there there are different ways to, to do it. You can either do it the right way or the wrong way. And I, I typically <laughs> will do it the right way. <laughs> That's my man right there. Okay. Um, okay. So... All three of those players are obviously candidates to be tagged again, but remember, their franchise tag values would rise 120%. Other players that are candidates to receive the franchise tag, Pete, now it is important to note that each team only gets one tag. You want to tag one player, that's it. That's interesting in Tampa, right? Because you have two candidates there in Shaq Barrett and Chris Godwin, so you you wonder if they can get one long-term deal done, one goes on the franchise tag, or maybe they do end up getting two long-term deals done. I mean... Those are two players, if you just mention those names and just the impact they have. Shaq Barrett, in my opinion, I've told you this before, RJ, I think he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. Forget about this TB12 guy. So you need to get him back. And Chris Godwin, to me, quietly became Tom Brady's favorite receiver. I know a lot of Mike Evans gets a lot of attention on the outside. But Godwin, it seemed like, was just getting a lot of what Brady would be like Edelman plays back in the day. It reminded me a lot of the way that they would use Edelman. And so I think you need both of these guys back. So when a team, as we were mentioning, has two players that could be candidates to be a franchise tag, you really have to be strategic about how you go about that. 
I agree. Who would you rather have? If you can have one of those two, you're the Buccaneers. See, I'm very, very high on Chris Godwin. Uh, I consider him a top five wide receiver in the NFL. But at the same time, I just think Barrett's position as the edge is more of an impact on the success of a team. So by default, I think I go Barrett, but it's very, very close for me. I don't think you want Godwin hitting the open market because I think he's going to make a lot, a lot of money. I do, too. I also think, and again, not that it's easy to replace a player of Chris Godwin's caliber, but it's easier to find quality wide receivers in the NFL draft than it is to find quality edge rushers. That's just the the simple you know truth of, of NFL team building. Um, other candidates to receive the franchise tag this coming offseason. I say coming, but I mean, we're here. Um, we're here, yeah. On the subject of wide receivers, Kenny Galladay. He's another injury guy, though. Yeah, but I mean, th- there are, I feel like it's been a while, and maybe it's the quarterback movement that we're seeing all these teams getting new signal callers and stuff, but it's been a while since like, you know how like, I feel like free agent wide receivers are the most obvious to figure out because there's always, you know, when the, when it's there, it's, oh, that team needs a dominant wide receiver, put him there, right. whatever. And right now, I could make the argument for a number of wide receivers. Let's throw Allen Robinson in this mix, right? Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, you put any one of them in Baltimore, in Indianapolis, um, mm-hmm. you know... I mean, that would be some dynamite. I think what hurts the receivers, and maybe it won't be necessarily for the upper echelon receivers like the ones we're talking about, because I I still think they're going to stand to make a lot of money. But the receiver, the wide receiver free agent class is heavy. It's deep. The wide receiver draft class supposedly is supposed to be very, very good in this year's upcoming NFL draft. So, again, that's going to hurt the amount of money that you can make. Did you happen to see, I believe it was a Chase Edmonds tweet last week. That's right. Where he... He suggested, okay, maybe players, because of this lower salary cap, because of, and again, focusing on receivers now, because there's so many available receivers, which would dilute, I think, the uh, ability to maybe make money. Maybe you'll see more one-year deals like you sometimes will see in the NBA where they say, okay, I'm going to bet on myself with a good team and really, really show out. Go connect with the best quarterback, a really good quarterback. doesn't have to be necessarily Patrick Mahomes. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFL. You could find someone and say, I am going to put up big numbers in this one year. You give the team a little bit of a break. You, you help them win. They give you this opportunity to really, I think, put out your best possible production. And then all of a sudden you blink. In 2022, the receiver market isn't as deep, plus the salary cap. You would expect, and coronavirus has been super... Uh, hard to predict. We're, we're not scientists. Right. We're not Dr. Fauci on this show, but we think the salary cap should be back to normal. Again, I, I hesitate to guarantee that, but in 2022. And so if a guy is 26, 27 years old, 28 years old, you say, all right, I'm only going to be a year older. It's basically in a lot of ways the same thing. And you stand to make a lot more money if you just delay it a year. So I'm interested in seeing some of these potentially lucrative one-year deals that come out of this at the receiver position and beyond. I would put it to you, Pete. So we need that Chase Edmonds listens to Monday Football Monday because last week you and I sat here in the dark in terms of not being able to see one another and kind mm. of hypothesized that this is the route that J.J. Watt would take, right? Like, you know, right. and, and that's a, a different situation than, say, a Chris Godwin and that J.J.'s made an exorbitant amount of money so far in his NFL career, much more than – and granted, Chris Godwin's won a Super Bowl, so maybe, maybe his motivations are a little bit different, whatever. Uh, but the point being, you know what? 
this is just the year to take less. This is the year to literally prioritize winning. Let's let's go somewhere where we think that's possible. Let's go to a weak division, the the weaker con you know what I mean? Like I, I think that that totally makes sense. I mean, why why wouldn't any NFL team do that this particular year in order to get another bite of the apple next year when they could, you know, take off after getting a, a ring? I think they're you know, if the Rams weren't so strapped, they'd be an, an obvious candidate for that as well. I also have always felt this. The NBA does such a good job in the offseason of just making excitement, giving reasons to talk about the NBA. I think year by year, football has gotten closer and closer to that. This would be another step in the right direction. Player movement is good for business. I know that there's some old time football fans. There's definitely some fans of, of teams that are stacked that'll say, no, I want to see the guy with the same team forever. And that's nice too. And I can understand where if you have an agreement with the team and it lasts a long time, that's special. And you, you see a lot of that, especially when you're talking about the Pro Football Hall of Fame and stuff like that. But a player going from one team to another and that storyline and the offseason and the excitement that gets built around that without even having a game for six months is, I think, the way that you want to sort of go because that's how the NBA became this year-round thing. Every year, football becomes closer and closer to that, and I think we might see more of this offseason. I think that you, the loyal listener, should really appreciate Pete Sweeney referencing the NBA because he is a New York Knicks fan. That is Pete's uh, (laughs) chosen. So to even explore those feelings took a lot from Pete. There have been a lot of mistakes made by the New York Knickerbockers when it comes to free agency and short-term contracts and declining veterans. And so you also want to avoid that if it, you can. It's interesting, though, in that your two main entities in your life, you know, your, your New York Knicks fandom and your NFL world, both revolve around somebody that is really, really talented named RJ. I mean, you know, congratulations to you for an interesting <laughs> common denominator. Um, I, the final one that I think was, was worth mentioning here, um, I know I joked about it earlier, Hunter Henry really is so hard to kind of place in, in terms right. of tight end lore and obviously had injury issues himself. Um, I think a candidate to get tagged again, but I, I would... That would just be so boring to me if the Chargers tagged him again. You know, I I just I want to see Hunter Henry flourish and I want to see the Chargers kind of, you know, get out of this this I don't not a rut see, but but RJ, this... I mean, I got to tell you. <laughs> okay. There is there is a player right now on the LA Chargers and his name and not I don't think he's well known. I just, I know him from some of the fantasy circles and whatnot. His name is Big Donald Parm. He oh. is 6 feet eight inches tall, and I think waiting for this opportunity for Hunter Henry to leave in free agency. And Hunter Henry has stated that he has two desires. He wants a quarterback, which in my opinion, he already has one. And uh, well, Justin Herbert to, looks like to, the real deal. To and be money. clear, to be clear, uh, just to interrupt briefly, he I saw he jumped on Instagram because somebody took that quote and, and kind of ran with it. Somebody somebody made the implication that, that Hunter was implying himself that Herbert was not the guy. So he, he just he clarified, I believe I have a quarterback. That's just a prerequisite for me wherever I end up. I obviously have that with the Chargers. Go on. Well, I think he's embracing free agency, which sure. is another part where sometimes you see players that are hesitant to do so. And I, I feel like I keep bringing up the NBA, but Draymond the other day and that whole spiel about the right. players never get the credit for looking out for themselves. And it's always it seems like. Uh, fans siding with the team owners and I think to an extent is because they're fans of the team so of course I think they're going to side occasionally with owners more so than they would the players but it it does I think lead credit to the idea that maybe players are going to get a little bit more confident about expressing what they themselves are looking for and I think we're in an era as well where you're going to see fans that are more fans of players than are of teams. And they kind of jump around with with the player, which I think is great for the NFL, too. I think the more different types of fans you can have, the better. But what I'm saying is Hunter Henry is expressing exactly 
what he wants. And I think the Chargers might have a something in this giant. I'm excited to see this guy play in the AFC West, Donald Parham. And so let's see how it goes. I don't know if they necessarily have to tag Hunter Henry again. I think that Donald, if Hunter Henry moves on, will be the, you know, come come late, early August, you know, when all the fantasy mock drafts are firing up, people are going to be like, I'm telling you, you, you want shares of Donald, you know, in, in your... Yeah, you know, and he's going to have 44 catches for 386 yeah. yards on the um, year. By the way, speaking of 86, just a, a slight tip of the cap to Hunter Henry. You don't see a lot of number 86s really kind of killing it anymore. You know, it's, it's a bit of a lost and forgotten number in the NFL. So shout out to Hunter Henry for keeping it alive. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Pete, we're going to move on to a quarterback okay. that, that has some situations revolving around him in the AFC South. But before we do, I want to just pump the brakes very, very, very quickly because I saw this as we have been recording here on Monday morning. Speaking yeah. of quarterbacks in that particular division, Carson Wentz traded to Indianapolis last week. Um, did you see, uh, I, I know we talked about on the daily that he's been texting his new receivers. Did you see this? I did not. Yeah, it's. Um, it, it, there was a screenshot posted. It looked like a super... I mean, just copy paste, swap out the names type text message like, hey, insert name here. This is Carson. Super happy to be here. Looking forward to working with you. Big fan of you as a player. You know, not not trying to bag on Carson once, but uh, I already saw some Indianapolis drama where Michael Pittman, he said he's that, not giving up number 11. That's what I'm getting at here. Michael Pittman yeah. Jr. was on uh, Good Morning Football on Monday and was asked uh, <laughs> about this because he obviously wears number 11. So Michael Pittman said, talking about Carson. He actually texted me about two hours after the news broke, and he just asked me how I felt about it. And I told him that I was going to stay. And he said that that was cool and that he would switch numbers, and it was that easy. I mean, he was a chill guy about it, so that was awesome. Um, so my, my two questions to you, Pete, are A, um, is Michael Pittman right or wrong in your mind for keeping number 11? Mm -hmm. He's only been in the NFL one year. You talked about Chris Godwin, really nice guy, mm -hmm. so giving up number 12 for TB12. Um, right. and, and B... What number should Carson Wentz wear in Indianapolis now? Yeah, all good <laughs> questions. I would say it actually, to me, does matter a little bit in the sense that I think a young player like Pittman and the Colts, it really does seem like this is the new franchise guy. As a receiver, you should probably give that number up. And he said, I'm standing my ground here and I'm not going to do it. I mean, Godwin was 12 forever, and he absolutely loved I understand Tom Brady and Carson Wentz are very, very different. But you can just see in a little thing like that, the respect factor. It's just like the first sign of Carson Wentz not getting respect in Indy, which I don't think, okay, it's a sign of things to come, and, and this is exactly how it's going to go. Right. But it just is a step in the wrong direction and the right direction. And I think you would have rather it started with the right direction. And then back to your text message. Here's a little tip from... Mr. Pete Sweeney, you interview for a job or something and you interview with multiple people, do not send them the same email and just change the name because they all talk to each other. They're all friends in pre-COVID and maybe even post-COVID. They have a Slack channel or they go to lunch or something. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to show the, the phone with the email that you sent to each person and then laugh about it. If you're going to email and thank multiple people, change something say okay to michael Pittman. i like the speed of your game <laughs> say to a guy like ty hilton i would love you to stay right Be a little bit different carson Wentz. come on i agree with you i also i know you're not saying like all is doomed in indianapolis now but um i thought you know when stats and i talked about um this carson Wentz news breaking last week on the look ahead it was kind of you know 
it, it, this whole trade kind of speaks to the privilege of being a quarterback in the NFL, right? Like, if you play that position, you have a lot of privilege. And yeah. that Carson Wentz sucked last year and gets dealt for capital, however minimal it was, and is like unquestionably the starter now in Indianapolis, right? And it's just, right. it's funny that like, like literally to this point, he's gotten almost everything that he's wanted. So now this number 11 thing is like the first thing that he's not going to get that he wants. And so you're right. May maybe he was thinking everything's all hunky-dory. Wait a minute. I don't get to wear number 11. But again, before we move on, what number should Carson Wentz wear now? Because I have I have a guess on what he's going to wear. With some of our Colts fans, listeners, I don't want to pick a number that's retired. But I love when I'll see. Here's what I'll say just to make sure I'm crossing my T's and dotting my I's there on retired numbers. I like the single numbers. Pick a single number. I like when a quarterback has a single number. I, I, mm. I, so I, I cover Mahomes. OK, I don't like it. Uh, he it's was very number five. In, he was number five in college and he got to Kansas City. And Cairo Santos, the kicker, who's like no longer with the Chiefs, he was wearing <laughs> number five at the time. And so we ended. I wish he just would have asked Cairo Santos, listen, Cairo, you're a kicker. I'm a quarterback. I'm probably going to be the quarterback next year. Give me number five. I would have loved Patrick Mahomes to be wearing number five. Maybe later in his career, we'll see a Kobe like switch where it's like, this is new Mahomes and he's number five. And you could, you know, get that multiple jersey thing. But I think it's too little too late. As I look behind in my background here, I think it's 15. So you want you want Wentz to wear fifteen? What do you want? Is that what you're saying? No, and any any single digit oh, number. Okay. I like. I prefer when the net. quarterback, yes, has a single digit number. I'm good with any single digit number. Um, interestingly enough, Dak Prescott wore fifteen in Mississippi State and could not wear it with the Cowboys to the point we're kind of making here at the time. Uh, Devin Street, a wide receiver, was wearing it, so he went with four because his late mother was born on the fourth. I I'm going to predict Pete. I because. Just simply true or false, Carson Wentz is a bit of a narcissist, right? Mm. I think he's going to choose to wear number seven because that's a really and and we we could do a you whole know I didn't want to I didn't want to say it, but I was thinking seven, yeah, and so yeah, I think you might be right. And you, there are a lot of people who haven't deserved to wear number seven. Um, you know, like um, I'm trying to remember here. Some somebody wore th uh, number seven in um in Houston. That was just mm -hmm. not great. Case Keenum, I think, wore number seven. It's like, dude, Case, you, you got to run a certain 40 time toward number seven. Like, that's just the reality of the position. Um, for what it's worth, and, and this is what I'll tell you, RJ, I just looked it up quickly. The only retired numbers for the Colts are 18, of course, Peyton Manning. And 19. And up. 19 and up. So there's no single digit. Every single digit number is, is well available in Indianapolis. Okay. Um, okay, Pete. Well, so last thing on the docket, uh, staying in that division. Um, you put this on, on my menu, on my mind, uh, in my eyesight yeah. on Monday. I'll tell you, take it. Just surprise us. Tell us what you got. Yeah. So Peter King, in his usual Monday morning article, fantastic read for any football fan, of course, uh, Football Morning in America with NBC Sports. He did some proposals for Deshaun Watson at several different teams. But to me, this was the most interesting one. This is the one getting the most buzz. A seven for one deal. Carolina Panthers and Houston Texans. King offers. Running back Christian McCaffrey, quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, receiver Robbie Anderson, and first and second round picks in 2021, a first round pick in 2022, a third round pick in 2023. In exchange for Watson, Houston might push for the inclusion of 22-year-old pass rusher Brian Burns as a vital part of the deal, which would be a tough giveaway for Coach Matt Rule. Of course, McCaffrey would be tough, too. Could you imagine the Carolina Panthers, RJ, doing this? And if you are the GM 
of the Panthers. Do you pull the trigger if this was an available trade? All respect to friend of the show, Christian McCaffrey, friend of the SB Nation NFL show. <laughs> it, in no universe should be difficult <laughs> to move on from Christian McCaffrey in order to acquire Deshaun Watson. All told, this is how many first round picks? Three? Right. Well, you have McCaffrey, who is uh, obviously going to be the top overall pick in fantasy this year once again. So he's a first rounder in my mind. Then you have a first rounder <laughs> in 2022. And it sounds like that's a, that's it. Oh, no. First and second round picks in 2021. So two right. first round picks, one second, one third. Yeah, I'm doing this all day. Um, now, was Shaq Thompson mentioned in this? He's a pending free agent, so it wouldn't be the case. But um, or no, not, uh, no, not pending, but. The point here is you mentioned this um, before we started talking or recording here. Teddy Bridgewater has, I believe, unfollowed the Panthers on social media, right? Is that correct? There have been several accounts where he's decided, I'm going to go ahead and stop following the Panthers. Yeah. Right. I saw on. So that Pan- feels like it's real. It feels like it might be real then. I saw on Panthers Reddit that Shaq Thompson has also unfollowed the team on different social media accounts. So they feel there's chum in the water here, is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like it, that. And right. the, the Deshaun to Carolina thing just feels super obvious. And sometimes the super obvious thing is like way too obvious. But this feels like it's obvious in a good way. And it's obviously going to happen. Well, the thing that you got to think about in this trade, and it sounds like a lot. And I've talked about how I don't respect draft picks. I do respect <laughs> draft picks, but I just think you never know how, how they're going to turn out. Because some players will get picked past the first round and they end up being all pros. And then the first round, it ends up being bust. So. The draft picks are the draft picks. But look, you look at Teddy Bridgewater and McCaffrey and, and even Burns. It's worth it because the NFL, this is what you have to remember. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. You don't have anything. And so go get your guy and then build around him. I understand it's a lot to give up. But when until you get that guy, and no, no offense to Teddy Bridgewater, he, he's a solid game manager type of player. He is not that franchise guy that is going to win you the Super Bowl. So go get Deshaun Watson. I agree with you. I also, again, I mean, none of this is like heartbreaking for me. Okay, so Christian McCaffrey, cool. We're getting rid of our, because he is one, overpaid running back. Teddy Bridgewater, not, again, you're getting Deshaun Watson here. Robbie Anderson, that would suck. But, I mean, we talked about, again, how just, you know, easy it is. Not easy, but relatively easy compared to the rest of the NFL's positions. It is to find a wide receiver. So, yeah, like, it would suck to give up some first-round picks, but who cares? I mean, and if you have to give up Brian Burns, like, that, that would have to suck like giving away a promising young pass rusher. But there is there is no element to this that I am, you know, upset about if I'm a Panthers fan. It, it only it, – this is a – you know, you you love to talk about fantasy. This is like, a, I'll give you all five of these guys, you know, for right. it's like four dudes you plan on cutting. Well, I mean, there's another fantasy role for you. I'm just giving tips left and right on the field, off the field. You have fantasy football. You never, ever, ever trade four quarters for a dollar. You know what I mean? <laughs> you Or, or you, you do. You trade your four quarters for the dollar. You never trade your dollar for four quarters is what I should say. I, I apologize. But I, I look at this, and, and to me, that's exactly what it would be. And also worth noting here, though, too, on the Texan side, this would include the eighth overall pick, meaning there could be a quarterback for available for you. So you would get Bridgewater and potentially have a developmental guy. Yeah, it'd be so funny if the Texans, I mean, if this happens, it will probably be the case because it was third overall. But it'd be hilarious if the Texans acquired a first round pick this year that was lower than the one that they initially traded in order to help protect Deshaun Watson. So um, the irony of it all is just too much. Bill O'Brien is somewhere smiling. Oh, where? No, it's he's in Alabama. He's in yeah. Alabama and he's smiling. 
Um, wow. Well, shout out to Bill OB. Shout out to Pete Tweeney. We appreciate all the tips, man. The cologne stuff, the fantasy advice, My uh, you yeah. know, the Peaky Blind does recommendation. I mean, you were on top of oh, your game today. God. Yes. Uh, where are the guns? That's all I'm wondering when I watch Peaky Blind. How, how many episodes are you in? I want to know. That's what I want to know. Um, I'm a good six or seven in. It is. It's a slow burn for me. I, you got to be in a certain mind frame. It does get a little depressing, so I want to make sure I'm like in a good mood. And maybe it's daytime when I'm watching. Peaky Blinders. Um, but one last thing to pull the curtain back here. Pete also made some turkey chili. Oh my gosh! When we had a, I mean, I know it was cold in Texas, but we had this two week freeze out in Kansas City, and so you needed some uh, warm food like that. I also have. Uh, some grilled cheese and tomato soup on the docket for this week. Yeah, Pete sent a video. He was wrapping chains around his tires and just kind of giving a how-to right. and, you know, made the trek out to get the ingredients, came in, and he did the, mm. you know, the lifestyle blogger. He set the camera up and, and showed us, you know, mm. the how-to. He cut up the yeah. portions, had them in nice clear bowls and stuff. Pete, get on Food Network, man. I should be on Food Network. The SB Nation NFL Food Show should be our, our new podcast here. Well, it's coming out next week. You know, no spoilers or anything, but it's going to be delicious. <laughs> Everybody have a great week. This was Monday. Monday. Bam. Bam.